Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Shock Factor podcast, where this week we have an interesting one. So, of course, we'll have the weekend recaps with Jake and Jordan all season long coming out on Tuesdays. And then on Thursdays, we're going to have player interviews just from guys who performed well over the weekend, guys who had interesting things happen to them, really just anyone in college baseball that I think might have some interesting stories to share with us. So this week, we have a very exciting one. Starting off, we have Sacramento State's Matt Massiangelo, who over the weekend and in their series against Loyola Marymount University was hit not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, but eight times. He was hitting eight at-bats, rewarded first base. He was technically hitting nine at-bats, but only rewarded first base eight times because he didn't get out of the way of one of them. Whatever. That's all right. That happens. But either way, this kid has gotten banged up this weekend, and we appreciate him taking the time out of his week to join us on the shock factor. And following that, Following Matt's incredible performance, we're going to catch up with another incredible performance, this time coming out of Roman Kimball from South Carolina, who made his return to the baseball mound in what was over, I believe, 600 days of being away from the game due to various injuries and transferring and all that process. But Roman Kimball was able to make his South Carolina Gamecocks debut, and it was an awesome one. It ended in a combined no-hitter for the Cox. It was awesome to watch, awesome to check out. And he was a great guy to talk to. You're not going to want to miss his thoughts on the mound and his mental makeup. It's a lot of interesting stuff, and you're just going to want to tune into it. And then to round it all up, we have Wake Forest's Adam Tellier, or Adam Tellier, which I learned in in this episode, because apparently it's actually Tellier, but he goes by Tellier because it's just easier for people, which is something I learned. You learn something new every day, and... You know, you talk about a selfless guy willing to sacrifice the name to just make it easier for other people. We, we love and appreciate that. And then to go out and serve the team by seeing one pitch and hitting one home run in the leadoff spot, that is awesome. So we had to go and catch up with our fellow from the Demon Deacons. So make sure to stay tuned all episode long for all these interviews and more. But starting off, we have Matt Massiangelo from Sac State. You're joined by Sac State's Matt Massiangelo. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. So, of course, over the weekend, America got to see you had, like, a very good weekend in terms of getting on base. Very bad weekend in terms of physical pain, I assume. You got hit eight times this weekend. Nine if you're counting the one where the umpire said, hey, you know what, stay right here. And I, I got to know, what was going through your head as the game was unfolding? Uh, it was it was pretty crazy to kind of witness it and be a part of it. Um, I think as it as it went on, um, you know, I every time I would look over at the dugout, the, the reactions got more and more animated as it was uh, continuing to go on. And so I thought that was pretty funny that, that I got to be able to experience that with uh, my teammates and it was just a really crazy experience. Yeah, and so going through it, of course, you transferred in from Bakersfield last year, and this is your first weekend with Sac State. And talk about making a name for yourself. You did it. You 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 could literally take the rest of the season to recover from the eight 
eight hit by pitches. No one would judge you. You would still have a great year. You would lead the nation in OBP. And like the thing is, I got to know were were any were any of the hit by pitches more painful than the others? Which which one was the worst for you? Uh, there was a couple. There's two, or there was one that uh, got me like in a kneecap. Oh, uh, like the back kneecap, like a cutter that cutter that just got the back kneecap um and then on sunday that was on friday and then on sunday i got that was the one that i got hit again but they called it back it got in like the same exact spot so that part is pretty uh it's pretty beat up right now it's pretty swollen so those those two hurt for sure yeah i feel like as an umpire i would have just given it to you you know that's the kind of person i like did you look back at any point and just like come on dude like <laughs> uh we talked about it. i yeah we, uh, we talked about it um Coach Christensen had came out and, and said, <laughs> but uh, you know it just it just didn't go that way. So it was all right. We're just trying to trying to get on, but uh, yeah, it just, just didn't work out that way. Of course. Now, before this, had you been hit by pitches often? Is it like part of your game? Because I feel like everyone who's played baseball has had one teammate where they're just a total ball magnet. I remember mine was Owen Soccer. He went to William and Mary after we played together in high school, but that kid got hit thirty times in one summer. It was amazing. But is this always been you? <laughs> um, not like not anything out of the ordinary, you know. Like it's pretty once in a while, you get you'll get drilled, but nothing like uh, eight times in a row. It's never <laughs> it's never happened. So um, it was all pretty new. It was a pretty new experience. But uh, like I said, it was it was good to be a part of it and and do it with my teammates as well. Absolutely. And now in doing it with your teammates, you talked about how your teammates reaction got more and more each and every time. At what point during the game were your teammates like, okay, this is an abnormal amount? Because I feel like after two hit by pitches, the same guy, there's always the like looking back and forth, like, eh, does this kid know the pitcher? Like, is there history there? Like, what what's going on? So what hit by pitch number was it for you that the team was like, okay, this is this is different. This is special. We're witnessing greatness. Uh, I think well we had we had a double double header on Friday because of uh, some weather stuff that was going to happen on Saturday. So um, like you said, I had had two on Friday. So the first game, um, there was three. I got hit three times. So like it ended on it ended at three that, for that first game. So I was like ah like yeah, that's pretty that was pretty crazy that that happened. Um, and then we had that we had like a thirty minute thirty minute hour break between uh, game two. And uh, we were talking about it. I was like, oh, that's like, that's pretty crazy that, that all that all happened. And then uh, we were like, you know, what are the odds that <laughs> it continues to happen? But it was obviously like jokingly. And then it just continued to pile on. So um, I think probably like after the after the game, everybody was like, wow, that's crazy. But the seventh one, I remember the seventh one was uh, kind of a big one because I think it was bases loaded, like one or two out. Um like pretty close scoring game maybe like a tying run or something was on third and uh, I got I got drilled and then I look over at the dugout and they're all going crazy so it was it was really cool to see my teammates uh kind of kind of being behind me and rallying behind me at that situation but uh I think the seventh one was was pretty the craziest one for sure yeah, and I, I love that, too, because, you know, walking up to the plate, the team's like, okay, bases juice. We need we need a run here. We need someone to get it in. Who Who is going to bring this run in? Bring in Matt. He's going to get drilled. He'll wear it. He'll wear it for the team. 
Now, do you crowd the plate? Is is it something where is it a you problem or is it just something like again total freak stuff? Um, I don't. I I honestly didn't think that I was like really really on it. Uh, I looked at. I actually looked at um our highlight looks like our highlights from uh, center field center field mm. cam and i was like i don't I, I really don't think that i'm that close right now um but honestly i think it was just uh just a coincidence you know nothing but respect for lmu and their guys uh they're a good program but even the best best of the pitchers get the ball gets away from them, as you know <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. uh absolutely it, it was just a crazy coincidence it was it was nuts now, my last question before I let you go and get back to the busy schedule and life of a college athlete, because, of course, you know, you got to do that. You got to go to class while being <laughs> covered in ice packs, of course, because, right. you know, right. you're going to get bean next weekend, too, at some point, I assume. I don't I don't want it for you. I don't want it to happen. But, you know, sometimes that's just the way life goes. But the last question for you I have is playing in California and playing at different schools in California, of course, the world of baseball gets smaller and smaller as you go. Do you know anyone on LMU? Like, do you have friends that you played with on LMU that you've like talked to them about it and been like, guys, what, what was going on? Um, no, honestly, it's pretty crazy. Like you said, it's a small world, uh, but I don't really, I don't really know anybody too personal on LMU. Um, sure. crossed paths with some guys, obviously playing just, Mm-hmm. summer ball or whatever growing up um yeah I don't, know, I don't know anybody too personal on that team i would have liked to talk to him and get another side of the story but uh just didn't get a chance to but um yeah like i said enough respect for those guys that are a good program yeah i feel like on their side of things like just knowing how baseball players are their side of things when you came to the plate they were all like come on please don't hit them like we don't want this to happen like even the pitcher like their thought was not okay let's collect an out against matt it was okay let's just please don't hit him and that's probably what caused it to happen right yeah got maybe got maybe a little mental uh, i don't know but it was just crazy how it uh how it all kept on coming you know absolutely well we'll have to get tylenol or advil or evo shield or someone to reach out to you to get you covered and protected have any brands reached out to you i saw tylenol replied they uh they i know they said something um i've been i've been working on it with uh with our like compliance team um they're doing a great job with uh trying to get me helped out so uh we'll see what happens but uh like you said i've been pretty busy uh pretty busy schedule so just trying to figure it out and balance it all out We'll see what happens. Absolutely. Well, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time. I am truly rooting for you. Maybe we'll get a net put in front of you next weekend so you can at least take one or two swings at the plate because that'll be really cool too. I'm very excited to watch you hit. Yeah, me as well. Hoping to continue to have a good OVP uh, and have some team at-bats and, and be able to get on. So we'll see what happens. Now, when I think of Matt's performance this weekend and after talking to him, the immediate quote that comes to mind for me is something that was yelled when I was at UMBC. We were losing to Coppin State, and one of our fans yelled, a bad day at the baseball field is better than a good day at work. And in this instance, this dude's bad day at the field resulted in bodily harm. You know, lots of it. Lots of bruises, lots of banged up. He got hit in the knee twice. Getting hit in the knee once, that hurts. Twice? I don't know how you bounce back from that, but this kid did it. He did it. It was amazing. So thank you so much to Matt for taking the time out of his busy schedule, busy opening weekend, 
to take time and talk to the Shock Factor podcast. We're going to take a quick break where we hear from one of our sponsors, but we will get back to the action right after that. Have you heard of the 2025 Soldier Tank BB Core baseball bat by Soldier Sports? This isn't just any bat. It's lighter and hotter than any of its predecessors. This is thanks to its infused alloy technology that allows an ultra-big, ultra-hot sweet spot. Crafted from over two and a half years of research and development, the Soldier Tank is the perfect blend of speed and power. Designed for both power and contact hitters, it features a formula for success. Speed times mass times impact equals extreme power. I've seen it swung. Even the mishits have juice with the Soldier Tank. The bat is priced at an incredible $311, which is well worth it, in my opinion, to be swinging the top-scoring BB Core bat ever. They're selling out fast, though, so head over to soldiersports.us to secure yours today. What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Shock Factor podcast on the D1 Baseball Network. And we have a very exciting one right now. I am super stoked for it because we are traveling down to one of my favorite places in the college baseball realm of Columbia, South Carolina. Now, physically, I'm not actually traveling. I'm virtually being, being joined in via Zoom by Roman Kimball. Roman, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Stephen. How about you? I'm doing great, man. And I, I wanted to talk to you because this weekend, of course, you had a great outing. It, it all goes super smooth. You guys throw for a combined no-hitter. And that's amazing in itself, in its own right. But not only was this a big outing for you because it was the first of the season, it was your first one coming back from injury. So what were the emotions like coming back from Tommy John? This is your first outing out there after a year of just sitting and watching your friends have fun. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, obviously, you know, getting the news that I, I was going to be out for the 2023 season was, was pretty demoralizing. Um, and then you got to just kind of sit there throughout the year and just watch and, you know, you wish you were out there and everything. But, you know, to to build the relationship with the team and, and that team morale and stuff. And I feel like we have such a great group of guys and that's what makes us so good. And just to be able to go out there with those guys finally to, to start the season, it was just so incredible. And it was everything that I hoped for. I mean, obviously, I'm going out there. I'm super nervous and and I'm super amped up. Um, and you know, like I remember seeing like all these videos I'm seeing on Twitter is just of me like walking around the mound and I'm just like talking all this crap. And I'm just like, don't even remember doing that because you know you just go out there and you just black out because all the emotions just take over, especially after not throwing for over 600 days. It's it's pretty incredible. So. Just um, it was it was everything I'd hoped for. And then how crazy is it that it was a combined no hitter? I feel like that's just so absurd. Like first first outing back from Tommy John in over six hundred days, and then my Gamecock debut and and we threw a combined no hitter. I feel like that's just so crazy. Yeah, and for you going into it, I was like, okay, he's gonna remember this outing regardless of what happens after it. A lot easier to remember with it going super well. <laughs> yeah. And I loved you talking about the point of just going out to the mound and blacking out because I feel like that's something it, with pitchers. It's either like they're super cognizant of everything going on, like super analytical, or they're the type of guy that go out and they're just like, look, I've done my preparation. I've done all the work I can do. Now I'm just going to throw my body out there, see what happens. And from from my understanding and from what it looked like, the emotion was there. Now, is that how you always pitch or was it kind of heightened because of the coming back or what, what can we expect to see out of you the rest of the season? Yeah, I feel like I'm always pretty intense, but I feel like definitely the first time being back out there for, for over 600 days was definitely a little <laughs> bit. Heightened. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's been a 
long road. I mean, 14 months, I think it's been maybe 15 even. Um, it's just like all that hard work you put in and the constant hours in the training room and just, you know, seeing how the season unfolded last year and how far we got. And it's just kind of a, a compact of all those emotions just in, in one game for me. So I feel like it was definitely heightened a little bit, but I mean, I definitely think that the fans can expect to see some more uh, intensity out there throughout the year. Yeah, I, I definitely believe that there's more in the tank from you. It, it seems like it'll come out as the season goes along, but I, I remember at Notre Dame even watching you pitch. Seeing a freshman pitch with that sort of psychosis and energy is rare because, you know, the chirps are there. You're getting used to the college level, but even then, like back, it seems like in your core, there's a bit of that chip on your shoulder attitude when you're on the mound. So where does that stem from for you? Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of been a shorter guy, uh, not really the biggest guy out there. So I've always kind of had that chip on my shoulder. And, you know, people along the road, you always get the, oh, like you're too small. Like, like it's, it's never going to work out, stuff like that. So you, you kind of just keep that chip on your shoulder and just kind of go out there and you're like, like for me, I'm just like I'm the center of attention. Like I'm I'm gonna go out there and and give it my all and you know, be as intense as I can be and and just go out there and have fun and you know like that's the biggest thing for me. Like especially coming back after two years, it's like I'm just looking to go out there and have some fun. It's been such a long time and over the course of the last 15 months, like you really just kind of learn how much you really love and appreciate the game, and it just really kind of makes you think like, man, we're so lucky to be able to play this game at, at, at this level and. It just it's it's just so surreal, man. And to be able to go back out there and and be a part of what, what was done on Sunday, it was literally a dream come true. I couldn't have asked for it to be any better. <laughs> Absolutely. And not to take away from the chip on your shoulder or anything like that. I don't want to lessen it by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm a tall guy. I throw super slow. You throw a solid 10 miles an hour harder than I probably ever did. So I don't want to lessen the chip, but I just want I want to let you know the nation has noticed. <laughs> nation has noticed. <laughs> now, in that time where you're away from the game, of course, it's about two years, and that's a long time. No one wants to be away from the game that long. What would you say was the most important thing you learned in that time frame? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I feel like the biggest thing with TJ is, like, the mental side of it because, like, you really kind of have to, like, put all of your effort into one thing. Cause like, you really got to stay on top of your rehab. You got to be locked in. And like, there's so much stuff that you have to make sure that you're doing throughout the day to make sure that you're going to be hundred percent healthy when you get back. So, um, you know, just having people there at the, at the field, like the athletic trainers and the coaches and just people being able to monitor what I'm doing throughout the day was so helpful. But the biggest thing I learned throughout the process was just like, just like really just take the pressure off yourself and just kind of go out there and have fun. Cause I feel like last year, like there were some guys who kind of just like put a little too much pressure on themselves. And I feel like it kind of just compounded them and they didn't go out there and perform as good as they wanted to throughout college baseball, just because like, whether it's the draft or like you're putting too much pressure on yourself to get a win for the team. Like it's, 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 it's stressful. Like the mental side of baseball is, is really, really <laughs> overlooked and so like just kind of looking at that and just being like, look, like I feel like just next year, just go out there and just go and have some fun and like just really appreciate how lucky you are to be able to be back out there in a competitive setting at this level. So for me, that was just kind of the biggest takeaway is just go out there, have fun, be yourself and try and pitch as good as you can. And hopefully the team wins. No, I absolutely love that because again, like 
so much is beyond your control in baseball. And from what yeah. it sounds like is in that time away from the game, you really realize that of just like, look, this is what it is. The game is in control. Like it, it always will yeah. end up being in control, no matter how bad I want to control it, no matter what happens. Even the best, even Onus Wagner, even Babe Ruth, they couldn't control the game. That's just yeah. the way it goes. And for you, it seems like, you know, while you're out there and intense, it sounds like you just kind of have this easygoing attitude about it of just like, hey, look, I am just happy to be here. I'm doing what I love to do. And that really shows on the mound. So it, yeah. it's a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so fun, man. Like this this past weekend was a blast. I can't even I, I like I can't even put it into words. Like, and I'm just scrolling on my phone over the last day, and it's just like I can't even catch a break because everything's blowing up, and I'm just like, this is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> no, and as it should be because you know it is absurd to come back and do that. So it, it was <laughs> again just an outstanding performance. And now another thing I want to talk about is this South Carolina team just coming out of the gates absolutely firing. Is there something different about this year's squad opposed to previous year's squads where you've been with the team that stands out to you? Man, it's so tough to say because, like, my freshman year at Notre Dame, like, we just kind of knew that we were an Omaha caliber team, like, going in. And then, like, obviously we were a super old group and we had the experience, we had the talent. And then, like, even when we got selected to go to Tennessee super regional at the selection show, we were like, we weren't phased at all. We were, we were ready to tackle it. And like, we knew that we were going to have a tough road, but we knew that we were gritty enough to get through it. And then last year's team, like we kind of had that chip on our shoulder because a lot of people were sleeping on us and, you know, um, South Carolina, when I was at Notre Dame, my freshman year was coming off, not, not the best year. So, a lot of people were like, we were just looking to prove people wrong and just kind of go out there and show how good of a squad we really were. And I feel like this year we're kind of back to that, like mindset of like what it was my freshman year is, is like, we're, we are an Omaha team and we know that. And now it's just about going out there and just performing and, and doing what we're supposed to do. But I mean, the talent that we have on the roster this year is just crazy. Like we've got two returning all Americans coming back and then we add so many guys from the transfer portal. And then we've got, a lot of experience with some older guys. And then, you know, a lot of people are sleeping on the pitching staff. Like everybody said that was our weak spot, but I feel like this weekend we kind of just went out there and proved that our pitching staff really isn't weak at all. And like, we've got, we've got like so many guys in the bullpen that can go out there and give us quality innings and, and get us three outs and, and even more. So I feel like that this weekend was really just a, a great showing for us to, to kind of show how good we really are and how deep we are on the pitching side. And, you know, we've, we've still got guys on the bench and, and on the offense that could go anywhere and start in the sec. It's, it's crazy. We've got so many guys on, on the bench to hit. And so I feel like that just kind of speaks the volume of how good this team really is this year. Honestly, phenomenal answer because it honestly encapsulated literally everything. That was the best answer I've gotten from, from a guest so far. I, I got to tip <laughs> my cap to you, but you know, that's great. It's, Oh, there's a question mark around our pitching. Here's a combined no hitter. There's an answer for that for yeah. you. Um, oh, you think we play great this weekend? There's still guys you haven't even seen play that will play great. So it, it's yeah. so much fun to watch this South Carolina team. I'm excited to follow you along all the rest of the season. Now, Roman, can you tell Shock Factor fans where to follow you, where to, where to check out your stuff? Because I know you do a lot of content. You're out there. I respect the hustle. It's not easy. <laughs> so where yeah, can we you, find I mean, it's 
yeah, it's it's a grind, man. I tell you what, like especially during this time of the year with, with school and stuff. Like once school's over and then we kind of get our time, then then it's a little bit easier because I got a little bit more downtime on my hands. But uh, yeah, y'all can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at rkimball zero two. And then if you're really interested in some behind the scenes college baseball stuff, be sure to check out my YouTube channel. It's just Roman Kimball. Uh, I just posted the opening weekend video. It's pretty sick and. I mean, all the a lot of I know a lot of people from from like South Carolina have already checked it out just because they were excited to see the video of, of me thrown for the first time. So it's pretty cool, man. The support at, at this school and the fan base is it's literally next to none. I can't even explain it because we have some crazy fans, man. It's absurd. <laughs> oh yeah, I've uh, I've had some experience on the other side of the crazy fans, but I imagine the crazy amount of support is probably pretty sick. And I, yeah. I love. The YouTube page. I, I think every team should have at least one player who can execute a YouTube where they show us the behind the scenes. Because I, I just think it's so cool. Plus, like, for me, it's like it kind of scratches my itch of, like, missing being a player. It's like, oh, this is what a travel day vlog looked like. like yeah. It's like, you know, I wish I could put a VR headset on and be like, okay, I'm there. I'm there with the <laughs> yeah, boys. Yeah, dude, but I mean, that, it's, it's crazy. That sounds advanced. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I respect the hustle and I appreciate you're doing it. You're doing a great job. So keep it up. And, you know, the world of college baseball is better because of you. So thank you for it. Yeah, man, of course. Thank you. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. Now, for me, what I absolutely love that Roman said was talking about how when he got on the mound, he had no idea what happened. He just kind of blacked out. That was a state of psychosis I miss from playing college baseball of just you have so much adrenaline so much happiness so much excitement and enthusiasm that your body just forgets to remember everything that's going on around you and you're just consumed with being in the moment and performing and it, it's a feeling i totally miss you really can't get it anywhere other than a baseball field and i'm truly happy to see roman thriving in it it's something that makes my this old college baseball soul very happy to see him just out there absolutely living his dream that's something about college baseball that really stands out to me. Something that I've always loved about it is the fact that when you watch these players, you can really tell that there is an enthusiasm. There is a passion. These kids are absolutely 100% living their dreams, and it's so much fun to watch. And while we're talking about guys living their dreams, having big moments on big stages, it is time to talk to Wake Forest Demon Deacon Adam Tellier to learn about what it was like stepping up to the plate seeing one pitch going over the fence to start off the 2024 Wake Forest Demon Deacon season and hear about how he plans to continue to set the tone for the Demon Deacons. We are joined by a Demon Deacon, which I'm still scared of whatever a Demon Deacon might actually be because I'm still not entirely sure, but this one is a very special one, very exciting one. Adam Tellier. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course. Now, on the pronunciation, I always like to start off with pronunciation of last names for guys with, you know, ones that may get mixed up because I, I see your last name. I think it could go Tellier, Tellier. I yeah. had some insight in an audio message from my friend Tate Ballestero who helped me out to make sure I got it right. But is that the right pronunciation, Tellier? Yeah, it's actually uh, it's actually really Tellier, but 
honestly just tell you're stuck all over the years. So now that's just kind of what I ride with. Really? That's interesting. I, I like that. I like the just, you know what? There's too much confusion around it. Let's eliminate that for others. That's a selfless move on your end. I got to tip my cap to you. <laughs> Take out all the confusion and just let it ride. <laughs> now, of course, over the off season, Adam Tellier, Tellier, which, which one do you like more? Because now, now I'm mixed up. Now I don't know which one to roll with. Honestly, I just love Tellier. Okay. What I've gotten used to and uh, just what I ride with for sure. All right. Well, Adam Tellier, we will lock that one in then. It will be Tellier from here on out. Now, over the summer, over the offseason of college baseball, you did this thing, which is very interesting in college baseball, that you can do now. And you transferred from Ball State to Wake Forest. What was that transfer process like for you? Yeah, it was definitely a crazy experience. Uh, I not, honestly never thought I would ever have to hand, enter the transfer portal. I was had my mind set on the draft this year or last year and kind of thought I did enough to have a chance to get a shot. And draft came, watched all 20 rounds and just never got a call. So then it was just from there on, like, what's next? What's the next move for my career? And then it was just with the help of Coach Maloney at Ball State, he was like really supportive of it. And uh, I just felt like it was time to get the hit the transfer portal and uh, kind of go prove myself at a bit on a bigger stage. Yeah, and that's awesome that you mentioned Coach Maloney, like being supportive of it, because you get into so many. I feel like a lot of people just assume whenever someone transfers, the other coach is like, okay, well, you're going to a new program, whatever. Like, it's not my responsibility to help you anymore. And like, that's normal. That's that's a common thing. But you had one of the rare instances where it sounds like he was supportive of your decision. Yeah, he was 100% supportive. I mean, we've had a great we had a great relationship over the four years there. And uh, I think it kind of was just we felt like, honestly, I felt like I had done everything that I could there, especially like how it ended the Grand Slam going to the regional for the first time in like 12 years, a long time. And uh, it was just kind of a culmination of just a lot of grind and a lot of just battling, even within Conference Central Michigan was such a tough opponent. And uh, just to be able to make it to the regional and win that conference tournament for the first time in so long, it just felt like my job there and my time there was kind of coming to an end. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's the natural flow of it. That's the way it goes sometimes with the draft getting shortened. It, I've been through the process of watching all my friends get drafted. It sucks. I, I've been there, so I, I, I understand your situation. I tip my cap to you for going through it so resilient and coming out on the other side with this positive outlook and Honestly, starting off super hot, the very first pitch you see in a Wake Forest uniform, you know, you go, hey, all these people over summer, they're like, oh, can you do it? Can you do it at this level? Can you, can you move on? Yeah, scouts, I, I actually can. Here's the first pitch I see. I'm going to deposit into the trees. What was that at bat like? What was the feeling like going through it? Uh, honestly, it was kind of funny. There was like a kind of a funny story behind it. So like the week leading up to it, I honestly didn't really lead off much in the fall. I was hitting like a lot of two, maybe down in the lineup a little bit more. And then like the last week I just was in the leadoff spot. So then the last scrimmage was like on a Tuesday night. And then, so going into the week, I was like, all right, talking to my hitting coach. I was like, all right, if I'm leading off, I'm going to hit my first pitch out. He's like, nah, nah, nah. He's like, stay humble, man. Just like, you ain't going to do that. He was just kind of, we were just kind of teasing each other. And, uh, so then it comes a Friday night and I get up there and I hit the first pitch out and I go in the dugout. And then my roommate tells me, he's like, 
He's like, yeah. Weiss came up to me before the game. He's like, he might hit this one straight down. So like, <laughs> he talked to me, but then, uh, but then he had my back secretly, which was pretty cool. And if you watch the video, like when I'm rounding first, I turn around and I point at him. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was definitely something funny and something to remember for sure. No, that's so awesome. And of course, like, you know, as baseball players, we always joke around. We like to have fun, keep it loose. And like those what if situations like always come up and it, when they come true, it is something that like, it sets the tone for the season because it's like, yeah. okay. And I mean, anything you do first pitch home run is always going to set a tone for the season, but making jokes about it too. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I can't imagine, you know, that's already a great feeling, but being able to go back and talk smack about it to a guy yeah. you told you were going to do it to has to have been just so rewarding. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And to uh, just be able to step into Deke Nation like that and kind of just show them that I'm here and here to help the team win and everything, it was a pretty cool moment for sure. Absolutely. And in doing that, showing Deke Nation, you didn't just show some of Deke Nation. You showed a good amount of Deke Nation playing in front of one of the largest crowds in Wake Forest history. What was that like playing with that amount of support behind you? Yeah, it was unreal. I mean, coming from a mid-major when I'm not totally used to all those big crowds yet, but uh, it was definitely such a cool feeling. And to just or of the crowd when that ball went over the fence, it was uh, it was definitely a cool feeling and definitely one that I hope uh, I can feel a few more times this year. Definitely. And I, I feel like the time is coming. It, it'll get even bigger and bigger in Winston-Salem just with the amount of talent you guys are bringing, the amount of magic the Wake Forest Demon Deacons are making on the baseball field. It's too impressive. If I'm in Winston-Salem, I feel like I am a sinner if I do not show up to a baseball game there because it it's too good of a product to miss out on. And for you, though, with that leadoff home run, first pitch home run, everyone's like, wow, this guy, he's prepared. He's ready. Where's that stem from? I was watching an interview you did with Ball State back in the day about being born into a baseball and military family. And your uncles brought you a baseball bat and glove when you were born? Yeah, that's right. So just ever since I came out of the womb, I've just kind of just been baseball, baseball, baseball. Like I'd get up in the morning before school, be watching ESPN sports highlights, baseball highlights specifically. It's just something that I've always kind of just loved. And that love for the game, I just feel like is just continued to drive me to get better and better and just kind of see where it can go. Definitely. And in that love for the game, of course, it brings you, it, it rewards you, you know, the game giveth, the game taketh away, but it rewards you a lot of the times. What would you say has been your most rewarding experience with the game of baseball? Uh, definitely last year, just that grand slam in the MAC tournament to just help propel us to the victor, propel us to our first regional and a handful of years. That was really rewarding. I mean, Central Michigan, we battled them so many times and lost in the championship twice. And just to be able to kind of get over that hump and get past that was just such a rewarding feeling. But then also, I feel like being able to be here at Wake Forest is like one of the most rewarding things. I mean, having a chance to play on a team with so many talented guys and so many talented players and just kind of see where it all lays out at the end of the day is just such a such a cool feeling. And I just can't wait to see where it takes us this year. Definitely. And in that group of so many different personalities, so many different fun players, I got to ask, do you have a favorite teammate, a favorite new guy, favorite favorite guy that you are just like, wow, I'm glad I transferred to Wake Forest because I get to be friends with this guy? Yeah, there's definitely a handful, man. But uh, 
Josh Hartle and Nick Kurtz are pretty two special guys. And like, you know, Tate Ballestero is definitely a special dude. So getting to play with those guys and see those dudes is pretty, pretty special. Yeah, I mean, I'm jealous that you get to see Tate day in and day out. It was a luxury. I got to live back in my UVA days that I wish I enjoyed even more. I would I would, I would, would pay good money to go back. He's a great teammate, great guy to be around. But the whole Wake Forest team, it seems like the vibes are always high around them. Even in, when games aren't going your way, it seems like no one's panicking. No one. It, it's just like you guys accept it as it is, and you just kind of have this attitude of, okay, well, that didn't go our way. We're going to come back out and make sure that never happens again. So what's it like playing on a team with this kind of attitude of this is the most important thing, but having the perspective of coaches that understand that, you know, while this is a very important thing, it's kind of not everything. Like it, it seems like at Wake Forest, they want you to be better people before better baseball players. Yeah. It's just, it's pretty surreal, honestly, because you think, being ranked so highly and just having so much pressure would just kind of wear on you, make you so tight into what you're doing. But honestly, it's really the opposite. I mean, we like to have fun. We like to, we like to mess around, but at the end of the day, like we just trust each other and love each other and know that whatever happens happens. And that uh, even if something doesn't go our way or the game, we lose a game, no matter what, it's just, it's about us. And it's not about anyone else, even though, even though we're starting to garner like some pretty serious attention at the end of the day, we win for us. We win for our brother next to us. And uh, that's just what it is, man. It's the wake forest baseball way. It's just like last year they had a saying, it was like wake forest versus all y'all. And that's kind of what we feel like. Yeah. I, well, Hey, I love it. It makes me feel good, which I know that's an intention of the program of making everybody feel them. And I'm all for it. Did you going into wake forest? Did you, know you were going to have Maya Angelo kind of pounded into you? Like, is, is that something you knew coming into it where it's like, oh, wow, this is a program where, like, Maya Angelo is at its core? No, honestly, not at all. But, uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a quote that we like to live by, but it's uh, definitely not – definitely never thought Maya Angelou would be brought up when I was coming to Wake Forest. <laughs> Well, everybody remembers her in the 1940s College World Series or whenever my Angela was around that stellar yeah. performance she put on in Omaha, of course. And then the poetry came later, which all inspired by baseball, of course. But Adam, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us here on the Shock Factor podcast. It's been great getting talk to talk to you, and I look forward to following you the rest of the season. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. Well, there you have it, folks. Not only is he into hitting home runs, he's into Maya Angelou's work. We all should be. I think Maya Angelou is a great source for college baseball inspiration. It has clearly helped the Wake Forest Demon Deacons get this persona, get this personality and team identity of making them feel you. It was a great opening weekend of college baseball. Thank you to our guests, Matt Massiangelo from Sac State, Roman Kimball from South Carolina, and of course, Adam Tellier, Adam Tellier. Whichever one you want to go with, because he he goes by both, apparently. I, I think he's leaning towards Tellier, though. I, I think that's the name he's kind of made for himself. So we'll go with that from here on out. I'll lock in my final answer on that one. And thank you to Adam Tellier of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons for joining the Shock Factor podcast. And thank you all for tuning in. This was an awesome week of college baseball with some top performances from these guys. And I can't wait to see what top performances we see next weekend and who we're going to talk to next week. 
in the world of college baseball. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Make sure if you enjoyed the podcast to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. I would really appreciate the feedback. And make sure to follow along with the Shock Factor podcast at the Shock Factor pod on Twitter all season long so you can know when episodes are coming out for the Shock Factor podcast on the D1 Baseball Network. The Shock Factor podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Ask Sherwin-Williams and get 30% off Duration and Superdeck products May 17th through the 20th. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com.